Welcome to the Infinity Initiative, a 10th anniversary Marvel Cinematic Universe movie rewatch podcast. Episode 3, Iron Man 2. Hello there, welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Avengers Infinity War is just over the horizon. To prepare, we're watching all the MCU movies in order. My name is Stuart, and I'm joined by Mr. Dandy Daniel Butcher. We're big MCU fans and are super excited to rewatch these movies. So let's dive into John Favreau's 2010 Iron Man 2. So how you doing, Mr. Daniel Butcher? Long time well, no I- here. You know, to uh, to quote our, our friend AC, I was doing some stuff. You were doing some stuff. Okay, that's fine. I was doing some stuff. <laughs> doing so some stuff. It's, it's been busy, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's been good busy, luckily. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm feeling really good right at the moment because I'm 100% sure that I'm ahead of Ben on The Punisher. So that's, that's the first time in years I've been ahead of him on anything. I'm I'm 100 percent sure I'm I'm ahead of Ben on the Punisher too. I've only watched one episode. <laughs> yep, you're ahead of him. Congratulations. Thanks. You got some good stuff coming, buddy. It's it's a pen. I can I can put it on a pen. Yes, some good stuff. Punisher stuff. It's hard to watch. That's for sure. But it's good. So, you know what isn't hard to watch? Iron Man yeah. two. It's not at all. It's not even close to hard to watch. Okay. So I brought you onto this. I sought you out because you love you some Iron Man 2. I appreciate I, I appreciate the Iron Man 2, um, but you are madly deeply in love with it. So if you were to rate the three Iron Man movies, and I think I have an idea of the answer to this, where would you put Iron Man 2? This is my favorite Iron Man movie. Okay. Uh, and I was actually shocked to find out that Iron Man 3 was my second favorite. Well, I heard you talk about that on a podcast. Um, yeah, Iron Man 2 is definitely my favorite. Now, I will say that there's some elements to it that play more to me as an audience. Mm-hmm. But And very specifically of, you as an audience, I might yeah, add. Yeah, <laughs> very, very specifically me as an audience. And I'm going to try not to repeat too much of that today. But, but – but, uh, but the p- the thing is, is the thing that frustrates me is uh, out of all the MCU movies, mm-hmm. the ones that most generally in my mind get unfairly criticized are Thor: The Dark World, which I don't believe you're a huge fan of. From our, our I am not. I am not. I'm interested to see to get to that in this one to see how I react to it again. But anyway, go ahead. And then Iron Man two, and, and oftentimes you hear about Iron Man two that it, it lacks depth, it lacks you know, story, you know, there's a lot going on. Um, and the thing is, is honestly, it's a really good, a good movie. Is it a winter soldier? Maybe not. Probably mm-hmm. not. It's not, it's not winter soldier. I'll just come out and say it. It's not of the, but it's, of the sequels. It's not a bad one. I mean, guardians two was, was pretty good. Not better than the first, but pretty good. Thor The Dark World, we'll get to that one later. Um, and then Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, and, and Winter Soldier is a comp- it's almost a completely different movie. Let's be completely honest. It's almost not it, even it, a sequel. Exactly. And, and, and here, and when you talk about sequels and you talk about MCU, you talk about a legacy. As we go through these points, one of the things you're going to hear me say is, is this is a movie we had to have. Absolutely. To get to Absolutely. Avengers. Absolutely. This is a movie that's still making money in a different way. Mm-hmm. So as much as folks want to criticize this movie and say that this movie is unimportant and ungood, the fact of the matter is 
It's a good oh. movie. It's also an essential movie within mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. where I don't know who's going to talk to you about Iron Man 3. Like Iron Man 3 doesn't provide some of the same sorts of elements and legacy that Iron Man 2 is going to give the MCU. The Oh, oh Ben, those are fighting words, Daniel. Um I you know, Ben's I think Ben's on the slate for Iron Man 3. So there we go. But I know that he knows how I feel about Iron Man 3. Yes. Okay. So let's let's talk about Iron Man 2. What do you remember from watching this way back when it came out in 2010? So, what I re- so I actually I cheated and I rewatched it about 6 7 days ago. Well, you're um, supposed when, to. You're supposed to. So that's not cheating. So, so when I thought about then, I was really looking for the elements of the things that hit me when I sat in the theater and watched it for the first time. Mhm. So I will say that one of them obviously is, oh my goodness, it's Walt Disney. Yes, that is true. Because again, they really are pulling on that element. And, you know, for certain generations, and I'm probably at kind of the the tail end of that, this Mm -hmm. idea that there's a guy on your, in your room, uh, in your living room on Sundays presenting to you a program. Um, you know, I get the Eisner era, but it was really pulling on that Walt Disney template. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was culturally, it's a, a piece that really does uh, go to play on some emotions and pop culture within mm-hmm. certain audiences and aspects. The other thing, too, is, and I know I've talked about this in the past, John Favreau is a huge Disney fan. Yes. yes. And now as we go back and look at this. You know, Favreau's done uh, Jungle Book for them. He's getting ready to do Lion King for them. For a while, he was attached to a Magic Kingdom movie um, that I think was going to be like the Kingdom Keepers that I think is kind of fizzled away silently. But really, the Iron Man movies was Favreau's audition for Disney. Mm -hmm. And he is he's probably in one of their top five poll directors right at the moment. Again, they're letting him do the live action of the anime. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about John Favreau and that whole Disney connection is he wasn't, I mean, Marvel wasn't bought by Disney at that point. He wasn't like in their wheelhouse. I mean, he kind of was thematically, but not uh, contractually, I guess you could say. And so, yeah, this was kind of his, his audition for them. Um, uh the guy who plays Howard Stark was modeled. If you listen to the commentary was modeled after Walt Disney and those, um, Oh gosh, I'm going to, I'm losing cred right now. What is it called? The wonderful world of, Di- Wonder- of color. No, it wasn't the wonderful world of color. It was the wonderful, the wonderful world of, world of Disney. <laughs> the wonderful. Yeah. yeah you got to remember that Sunday night show. Every time it changed networks, that it changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the name of it changed, but, but the, the basic idea is uncle Walt on Sunday mm-hmm. nights. In your and world. then, and then there's also been, you know, a pop, not apocrypha, but sort of alternate takes where he was, you know, putting the cigarette out and, and, and maybe not as uncle Walt ish on the on the TV screen and they portrayed that in this um in this movie as well there that sort of feeling. But by the way that's also Uncle Walt because he was a smoker. He absolutely was a smoker, but he didn't want to show it on the TV and that's that exactly. was my point. Um so And you, then I think I, I don't know if we talked about it back then either. Again, we've got Kev Dog involved with this and Kev Dog I, I believe we probably mentioned this back then and I'm trying not to repeat myself. Huge, huge fan of uh Disney properties He's often seen walking around wearing Epcot hats. And again, that what they're taking there with the World's Fair concepts. Um, yes. 
yes. really translates directly into Epcot in so many different ways. So yes. even though they may not fully have been in the family yet, um, trying to sell that to Kevin was probably mm-hmm. not going to be hard. Well, okay. So, so this leads me into my, um, my trivia that I teased you, which you probably already know, but pretend you don't for the sake of the listener. Okay. So the song that they sing that is, that is, Written for the Stark Expo, A Bigger, Better Tomorrow, I really hope that's the name of it, um, was written by one of the Sherman brothers. Absolutely. Yes. The song, so it plays at the very end of the very beginning of the credits. It was written by the Sherman brothers. You, you can, can also hear it in a bed during the movie, too. Yeah. You cannot get more Disney than that. You cannot believe- do it. I believe I actually screamed Sherman Brothers like five times when I originally <laughs> did this with Ben. You might have. Which, by the way, listener, we're, we will have that um, uh, the link to the episode that they waxed poetically about on this. Um. Well, I did. Ben, I <laughs> But anyway, it was, it'll be in the show notes, so you can go back and listen to it. Okay, so I don't remember watching this movie at all in the theater or – Basically, any time before I started listening to Welcome to Level 7. And I do remember listening to the episode that Ben and Daniel waxed poetically about. And I was stocking groceries in the middle of the night. And it was, I think I was laughing uproariously because here was Daniel talking about Walt Disney and all these things. And I, and that's what I remember about this. So, um, very fun time. I'm glad I watched it. And I think it does add a lot to the MCU, but we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, it does. Because, again, I got at least two more points here. Okay. So what are your thoughts now? I mean, obviously, you still love it. It's your number one Iron Man movie. What what else do you think? Well, I think it's fun. I think it's fun action adventure. Yes. I mean, you giggle quite a bit. You're having a good time. Um, The stakes are not necessarily the full world yet. It's it's a nice, fun action adventure movie. Now, again, now that we're living in a time where we've seen the world almost be destroyed three, four times, it, it feels a little bit smaller. But it's still it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. And again, one of the things that I was reminded of is how good Sam Rockwell is in this. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's eating the scenery because he's eating the scenery on purpose. And he's allowed to, and he's not, I mean, he's reined in just a tiny bit just to make it believable, but I think he's allowed to just go as full bore as he wants to. And then you combine that with uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr., who is now fully into this character. He's fully bought Mm -hmm. into it. And it's clear, you know, when he's being a jerk, you know, this is because he can put this hat on and he is this guy. Mm -hmm. And there's no, like, I need to learn how to do this anymore. It is literally, I put on this hat, I'm Tony and it's comfy. Right. And he hasn't had the, um, the, uh, come to Jesus moment, the, the, the life flashing before your eyes moment that he does in Avengers yet. So he's not quite to the, he's still full of hubris, I guess is a way to put it. He's still, he's still, he's still Tony in all his Tony glory. And he hasn't quite simmered down yet and sort of, wanting to put a shield around the world and, and, and those things yet. So um, it, it's interesting to see him on this path. It's also interesting that this was the second, 
like the first sequel, I guess, as a way to put it, the first sequel uh, in these in these movies. I mean, we could have had a we could have had a Hulk sequel. I guess we kind of did, but not really. Um, it it was interesting to me that they put this one second or third in this lineup. Um, well, but again, they had made a lot of money off the first time. Yeah, that's true. It was it was clearly something that had found an audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost like they done with Deadpool. You know, why wait? Oh, get yeah. that movie made. Yeah, get it made while you can still sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Because again, by the time we get to Iron Man and three, yeah, we get the Avengers buzz going. But again, for a straight Iron Man movie, we've begun to lose the enthusiasm because we've got all this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. We're like this. It was like boom, Iron Hot. Mm-hmm. Iron Hot Iron Man. Even someone, yeah. yes. Okay, so what do you think it adds to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, okay. And again, people mock this movie. We get, we got to the end of Iron Man. We were told that there's a little thing called the Avengers Initiative. <gasps> Correct? Yes. We get to Hulk. How was that built on? Not. But anyway, it's go ahead. Not. Yeah, it's it literally fact, not. I mean, in fact, they had to. This is something that it does add to the MCU. They had to make a short to retcon that scene <laughs> so that. Exactly. Yes. So this is the first time. Uh, we get to begin to see um, the Avengers initiative get played out. Mm-hmm. So we, we get black widow and us as the viewer, we know who that is, that it's a comic book character and a, a, an Avenger. Tony doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, we get Rhodey in his war machine armor. Mm-hmm. We get our hints of Thor. We get full on shield in place, including the return of the man, the myth, the legend, Philip Coulson. I mean, these things are all coming together now. The promise of, we call it the Avengers Initiative, has now been, is being pulled in together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we often look at like, uh, we look at Civil War, and we're like, that's really not a Captain America movie, because it's this hero, this hero, and this hero. And you look at um, even Winter Soldier, and you're like, oh, it's not really a Captain America movie, because they got this hero, this hero, and this hero. Iron Man 2! Is doing the same thing. It's almost like an Avengers Zero. Exactly. It's, al- it's almost like a prequel to the Avengers movie. And and I think that's completely fair. And then you add in on top of it the elements of Tony having to figure out and do science and and do all that sort of Tony investigation stuff that he's really good at. It, that makes it a that makes it an Iron Man movie. But it's almost like a a, a prequel to the Avengers, and I dig it. Yep. I absolutely dig it. I loved seeing Black Widow. Um, I love the fact that uh, in the commentary, John Favreau's like, you know, I think she's going to get her own movie someday. And as we record now, just a few days ago, they announced that it's possibly moving into, you know, greenlit territory, which I'm really excited about. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, why not? Absolutely. I mean, we, she can carry her own movie. When we recorded this, me and Ben recorded this years ago. Right. You know, we didn't have Wonder Woman. No. You know, we didn't have the big, I mean, almost the frustration is, is that we got Wonder Woman before the Black Widow movie. Yeah. The frustration is that she got movies as an actress to carry on her as the lead. Absolutely. Based totally around her celebrity, which by the way, aren't anywhere good as characters as Black Widow. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's Disney is used to not leaving money on the table. They've been leaving money on the table. And that's weird to me. (laughs) 
It's so weird to me. But where which I will say that Captain Marvel, I don't want to disparage. I know there's exciting excitement around the idea of Captain Marvel the movie. A good female led superhero movie. Oh hopefully like Wonder Woman. But you know what? Wonder Woman had the super prince. Wonder Woman had a, a place in the cultural zeitgeist that people can pull on to say, I know who Wonder Woman is. When you say Captain Marvel, how many people out of 10 really know who you're talking about? I, I, I personally don't, and I do a podcast about this stuff. But if I say Black Widow, how many people out of 10 are going to know who she is? Yeah. Seven, eight? Especially now. Especially yeah. now. And especially after all the work they've done to build her up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, she's been in... <sighs> Okay, she's leaving money on the table. She's been in Iron Man 2. She was amazing in Avengers. She was in Captain 2, Cap 2. She was in Cap 3. I mean, she's been in a lot of Marvel movies. The only argument you can make against it is do we really want a superhero led movie about a female assassin character? Because do we really have assassin movies in the MCU? But at the same time, you, at any time, you could have, after Avengers, you could have had the discussions about how she's trying not to kill, how she's trying to be more Batman and less mm-hmm. um, James Bond. I'd make you know? the argument that you could, you could say that you could have had that movie after you could have, you could have at least had a short or something after Iron Man Two. But Iron Man Two brings us Black Widow. Yes, and yes. all the money. Yes. All the money that that movie's gonna hopefully make yes. is because of Iron Man Two. Yes, and 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 I mean you have Coulson in that, and you have the idea of Avengers Initiative, and you have um, the you know they're placing the groundwork for the Avengers, and there's Coulson. Coulson's there, and he's not just a you know a sidelined character. He's actually you know doing something and and being there. And then you have Nick Fury. And you have, you know, the secrecy that sort of surrounds Nick Fury and how he sort of in, in our, you know, operates and whatnot. It, it's a, it's a, I, I agree with you, Daniel. It is a good movie. There you Especially go. Especially after rewatching it. So does that bring us to now? Or are we already entered now? I feel like we've entered now. We're now. Do now. Yeah. Go now. What do you well, I mean, again, this is the bridge. I think you said it perfectly. Avengers Zero. Mm-hmm. There are so many elements that come out into the MCU for the first time that come through this movie. Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, when you go back and you watch Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. is not the same Iron Man he becomes. Here's where he's at. Um, and it does. It still holds up. You know, sometimes you go back and you watch a movie and it doesn't hold up anymore. Like the special effects aren't as good or the action's not as good as the plot's not as good. It's still a nice popcorn fun movie where you're going to sit down, laugh and watch things get blown up in a way that are things getting killed. blown Mm -hmm. up. You know, and I haven't um, we haven't mentioned Mickey Rourke at all in this. And I want to make sure that that he's brought up because I I want my bird. I, bird, I, I what bird? Listening to the commentary and listening to John Favreau talk about his, you know, Mickey Rourke's process—that's admirable. I mean, yeah, he's a wrestler and yeah, whatever, but he's he's a character actor at the end of the day, and especially in this movie, and especially how he's sort of transitioned into Hollywood, he's a character actor. And okay, and so we're gonna uh, and let's make fun of Mickey Rourke for the performance he did in an action adventure movie. Because I've, do you remember what he did immediately before this? It was the wrestler. 
It was the wrestler. Which immediately before this. He won an Academy Award for. So I mean, I I'm gonna just say this. Any performance that Mickey Rourke would have had after the wrestler is gonna get criticized. Absolutely. He's playing a comic book villain. Absolutely. He did fine. He did great. Yeah. Um, again, he's got to share the screen with Sam Rockwell, which at times is going to be painful. Well, but... the, I mean, if anything, Sam Rockwell is the is the guy who didn't, who could have. Mm, he did a great job. He could have played his character differently to have a different effect, but I think the choices he made, he followed through with. No. If anything, I want Sam Rockwell back. You get him back in in in. Yeah, it's not long enough. No, never is. Which is so. Another thing I think that they uh, that this movie brought um, on the DVD of this movie was the one shot, and I love the Marvel one shots. And I don't want to do a whole show about it, but did you have you seen the consultant? Yes, I have. A million years ago, Uh, yeah, I think that is a great thing, and I wish they'd bring him back. And they keep talking about the 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 reason to bring him back, and they really should bring him back because they. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really tried and piloted as one of these. Um, yeah. Coulson as a character with more than five lines was piloted in one of these. Yeah. You know, re- <laughs> at one time they were yeah, we used to retcon stuff, which I'm still mm-hmm. angry about. But, ah. Yeah. I want the one shots back. I want the one shots back. And they could totally do them on they don't have to put them on DVD. They don't have to make a big deal about them. But if they just got a little bit of, I mean, a Spider-Man one shot, how cool would that be to be on the web? That'd be amazing. No pun intended. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Do you have any other final, final thoughts there, Mr. Daniel? On the now, again, I I will just continue to say this. It's still a really, really good movie. You know, don't disparage it for what it is. It's action popcorn. You're going to laugh. You're going to have fun. Things are going to get blown up. Don't worry. It's drones. Drone, not pilot. So you're not going to feel bad when they go boom. And that's actually a conscious choice because he was like, I can't blow up a bunch of pilots. I have to blow up drones. (laughs) So, yeah, good movie. And you get a hint of Disney and there's Disney smattering all over it. And then you wonder why you have no wonder why um, Disney buys Marvel. So. And and if you want to hear me talk about Disney past stuff, go back to the past episode when Ben and I argued about Iron Man. <laughs> um, because I believe there's probably – I actually – you know, Ben just won't be quiet sometimes. I think there's actually a 20 to 25-minute period where he just hit mute, walked away, made some popcorn. Uh, because I had a lot to talk about between World's Fairs, Epcot, theme parks, Sherman Brothers – rise that they had done movies that they had done i mean for heaven's sakes because of the sherman brothers this movie's linked to mary poppins y'all how now wait a second how was that sherman brothers oh the sherman brothers okay yes okay i thought there was a i thought there was another link in there that i missed no so nope sherman Um, brothers sherman brothers i mean the fact that one of the sherman brothers wrote the song at the end was amazing and you know, that should be acknowledged. And if it's not, you're missing the point. It was um, literally a brilliant move. But again, I talk about that in other places elsewhere. Yes. Because well, I, need, I need to talk about the future because I've been told I can't talk forever. <laughs> okay. So where, so do you have anything else to talk about the future? Uh, well, yes, I do. Well, I'm, I've I'm, got new material. 
and new Disney things. Because the thing is, is really Disney, again, as much as we disparage this movie, is using Iron Man 2 into the future of their content, especially in their themed environments. Mm -hmm. So last summer, uh, I went on a family vacation. We went to Disney California Adventure. While we were there, I met Iron Man, Spider-Man, <gasps> Hawkeye, Black Widow, Groot, <laughs> Gamora. I met them all. Now, that was at, that was at DCA? That was at DCA. Really? Now, the, the meet and greet area for Spider-Man and Captain America. Behind is a concrete wall. It's a, a brick wall. It's supposed to look like you'd think of a traditional uh, New York City kind of brick building. But there's posters on it, and there's posters on it for the Stark Expo. Um, and then you look overseas at uh, Disneyland Hong Kong. They've got the Iron Man ride, which is basically the Star Tours shell, but they've turned it into a Marvel ride uh, about Iron Man. And where is this place placed? It's placed within the idea that you're at the Stark Expo, and they've used that as a theme there. That you you're coming to not just Disneyland, but you're coming to the Stark Expo. Um, to the, to the point, here, you don't even know this, Stuart. In March, you can get a Stark Expo Iron Man ride comic book based on Disneyland Hong Kong. No kidding! I've already bought the original and the two variants. Well, pre-ordered. Because again, Disney's not letting go of this idea of the no. Stark Expo. Well, I mean, to be They've honest, they talked about the Stark Expo for innovations at Disneyland. To be uh, honest, and they can't do it at Epcot because it's too close to Universal. But well, again, it, 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 there's if if I'm Universal, I'm looking at unloading some of my some of my Marvel. It, only because I don't want to have to you know pay Disney now the licensing rights, right? Um, if it makes them money, they're going to pay it for the rights. Yeah. If it if it makes Disney angry, they might pay for the rights. If it, if it makes Disney angry and makes them money, they're definitely paying for the rights. Yeah. I, I, but also, you could make the argument that that Tomorrowland is based off the World's Fair, which. Hello, dog. Which well, uh, the, the sad fact is, many listeners who who remember me from the old days remember Mo. Oh, yes. And Mo Mo passed away a year oh. ago. So this is Finn, and Finn doesn't know podcast uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh, etiquette at all. It, so is is Finn based off of a, a certain Star Wars character? Finn is based off his name fits him, but <laughs> maybe it makes us happy that that maybe we spelled it that way. But 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 yeah, innovations, World Fair, yeah, start, yeah. Uh, Stark Expo all tied in together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, and you've seen, you watched Tomorrowland, right? Tomorrowland's, yes. it, that, that opening scene is based on the World's Fair. So, Disneyland for, is based but, on the World's Fair. <laughs> well, the problem with Tomorrowland has habitually been the moment they made Tomorrowland in, 19, in the 1950s, and they laid it out there, within years it was already invalidated and at one right. time i think it was set you know like this is the future of the 80s and then you pass the 80s right and so the nice thing about the stark expo and, and imagineers keep coming back to it is it would be a themed environment it would be fictional mm-hmm. so you could have things where you could you could show like future technology innovative technologies but at the same time since you're in that fictional place 
you're in that theme. They also would have the freedom to be able to get outdated quickly, be able to put things that are more science fiction than science fact inside. So right. that, it, again, it doesn't get outdated as fast. Well, then uh, the, other, the other nice thing about it is you could um, you could close it down pretty quick, too, because the Stark Expo was only supposed to last a year. Right. Yep. It wasn't. Yep. They. It would last a year, then it would go away for ten years, and come back for a year, and go away for ten years. So, y- you, I could totally see them doing the Stark Expo, but then shutting it down after you know two years or five years or whatever. See, what'd be hilarious is that that Flushing New York uh, World's Fair, the one that Walt Disney uses his experiments where he had right. it's a small a world, world and great moments with Mr. Lincoln, etc. You know, World's Expo, uh, World's Fairs were only supposed to run a year. That one ran two. Mm-hmm. And you could almost even make it a running joke. You know, Stark Expo open for one year, running for five. Right, right. Um, but but again, they keep coming back to this because it's, it's just low-hanging fruit to solve so many problems for Disney. And you're not going to see that from a Thor Ragnarok. You're not going to see that from an Iron Man 3. I know uh, anything they do with Iron Man three is the hall of armor. And they would just show that within a Stark Expo. Right. I mean, Stark um, Expo is so, is such an, uh, you could even show, you can even go back to captain America one. I mean, because even in, even in first Avenger, they had Stark Expo. Now, now I, I'm a little concerned that the Stark Expo, which is about better living in the future, does seem to keep going back to weapons. You know, that's a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little worried about that, too. But but but, better living. Right. Through violence. Violence. Yes. It should be office supplies. Better living through office supplies. Um, Okay, Daniel. Lay it on me. What else you got? That's again. I don't. I don't want to say the things that I've said in the past in a three-hour <laughs> expose that says that this movie is great. Uh, I've I've often been challenged on my ranking of Iron Man two um, as being my favorite of the Iron Man movies. Is it my favorite MCU movie? No. Um, is what? it in that top half? Yeah, there's a good chance it is. I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Daniel. What is your favorite MCU movie? It's Winter Soldier. Yeah. That's I mean, the, Winter Soldier is just a thing to itself. Yeah. I, it, then to me, then to my mind, it's Avengers. Winter Soldier and Avengers are sort of in that top. You, you sort of extricate all, both of those from the rest of them, and then you can sort of choose. So. Yep. All right. Thanks for rewatching Iron Man 2 with us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to share your thoughts with us, head on over to welcometolevel7.com forward slash feedback, where you can find a great many ways to keep this conversation going. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative is a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Once again, thank you for listening. Next episode, Thor, or as Daniel liked to calls it, the best weekend in New Mexico ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, I got a special message for Ben. Okay. I'm a hot mess. <laughs> These post credits are going to end up being longer than the episode themselves. <laughs> That's awesome.